0: The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... Remembering legendary Washington, D.C. broadcaster and trailblazer Ed Walker. Welcome to ACB Reports for November 2015. Ed Walker was a fixture in Washington, D.C. broadcasting for over 60 years. After announcing his retirement for health reasons a few weeks ago, Mr. Walker died of cancer on October 26th. The following information is compiled from a number of sources, but draws heavily from the obituary, which appeared in the Washington Post on Tuesday, October 27th. Ed Walker amused and entertained a generation of Washington, D.C. area listeners as half of the Joy Boys radio team, along with Willard Scott. He spent 65 years on the Washington airwaves as a DJ and news host. A lifelong radio connoisseur, Ed Walker became one of its most skillful practitioners. For the past quarter century, he hosted a popular weekly radio nostalgia program known as The Big Broadcast, over public radio station, WAMU. Each week, he invited listeners to settle back, relax, and enjoy, as he discussed and introduced replays of such golden age programs as Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Dragnet, and Gunsmoke. He recorded his last big broadcast program on October 13th from a hospital bed. Surrounded by his family, Mr. Walker listened to that final broadcast over WAMU a few hours before his death. Born blind, Ed Walker grew up with radio as a constant companion. By the age of eight, he was operating a low-power transmitter from his family's basement, beaming music to his neighbors' houses down the block. He would go on to spend almost all of his adult life involved in the medium in some way, all of it on stations in Washington. It was the Joy Boys, a generally humorous and broadly popular daily program for which Mr. Walker is most fondly remembered. Ed Walker and Willard Scott became friends while working on American University's campus radio station, WAMU. They got their professional start in 1952 doing short comedy bits for a weekend show called Going AWOL, which aired over radio station WOL. In 1955, they moved to daytime on NBC-owned WRC with a show called Two at One. When the show became a local hit, they moved into the evening hours as the Joy Boys. Mr. Walker conjured up a series of characters and situations, some of them topical. He did the voices of characters such as Old Grandad and Balmore Benny, the poet of the Patapsco, while Willard Scott played the straight man. They parroted NBC's leading newscast, the Huntley Brinkley Report, with the Washer-Dryer Report, and a popular soap opera with a continuing bit called As the Worm Turns. The program traded off the improvisational skills of the two men and their own air chemistry. Scott was typically the writer of the material, which was done in rough outline form rather than fully scripted. Ed Walker was the talent who would take the comedy in unexpected directions, Scott said. One of Ed Walker's characters was Mr. Answerman, who served up lame jokes in a monotone. What was the inspiration for the song, Melancholy Baby, a listener once asked. The composer had a girlfriend with a head like a melon and a face like a collie, hence Melancholy Baby, Walker replied. As Willard Scott said in an interview in 1999, The Joy Boys' bits were corny, and for the most part, they were terrible. But there was a certain spirit. We were like brothers. I never had a better friend than Ed Walker. The Joy Boys aired on WRC from 1955 until 1972, and on WWDC from 1972 to 1974. The show was canceled by WWDC to make way for the station's switch to rock music, a change that reflected the growing dominance of baby boomers on Washington's and the nation's popular culture. Ed Walker went on to work at radio stations WPGC and WMAL and television stations WJLA and News Channel 8. He also hosted a weekly magazine show for NPR aimed at people with disabilities called Connection. In 1990, he took over as host of the big broadcast, This program had begun as Recollections in 1964, hosted by John Hickman, who had appeared from time to time as a performer on the Joy Boys. When Hickman's health began to fail, he asked Walker to take over the program. Edward Heston Walker was born in Fairbury, Illinois, on April 23, 1932. His earliest memories involved listening to the radio. He recalled ringing a toy cowbell as a small child along with the performers and audience he heard on a program called the National Barn Dance. His family moved to Washington when he was four years old. Most kids got a kick out of comic books, funny papers, and stuff like that, he said in an interview with NPR's StoryCorps in 2012. To me, radio was it. The sound effects, to me, were most important. I absorbed the medium very well because I was listening very intently. Ed Walker graduated from the Maryland School for the Blind in Baltimore in 1950 and was the first blind student to attend American University. The vocational rehabilitation agency which funded his college scholarship wanted him to study sociology in order to become a social worker, one of the few professional career paths open to blind people at the time. But Mr. Walker insisted on pursuing a career in broadcasting, completing his communications degree in 1954. Long after the Joy Boys, he continued to work with Willard Scott when his old friend was on the Today Show. He handled the crush of people seeking recognition for a friend or a relative who was celebrating their 100th birthday. And he helped produce the short tributes that Willard Scott would read on the air. Mr. Walker never attempted to conceal his blindness, but he did not often speak of it on the air. When I first got into this business, I never let it be known on the air that I didn't see, he told the Washington Post in 1985. Not that I was ashamed of it. It was in my mind that if I was going to be successful in this business, it was because I was a good performer, not because people felt sorry for me. From his earliest days on the air, he used a braille typewriter to produce scripts. While on the air, he kept his left hand on a braille clock to maintain the precise timing necessary to hit the mark for commercials or the end of his show, said Letty Holman, program director at WAMU. He was so skilled that most listeners were surprised when they learned that he was blind. Ed Walker was inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame as a local radio pioneer in 2009. His survivors include his wife of 58 years, Nancy Murphy Walker of Rockville, Maryland, his daughter, Susan Scholar of Potomac, Maryland, and eight grandchildren. Another daughter, Carol Potter, died in 2004. Ed Walker was 83 years old. You're listening to ACB Reports, where this month we're remembering the life and career of Ed Walker. Ed Walker received the Durwood K. McDaniel Ambassador Award from the American Council of the Blind in 2003. The presentation was made during the awards banquet at the organization's annual conference and convention, which was held that year in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania master of ceremonies jay dowdna introduced the late bud keith of arlington virginia who then brought out a surprise guest to assist in the presentation
1: now i want to tell you i'm very very excited to be a part of this tonight and i think when you hear this next segment you're going to be more than glad that you came to this 42nd annual banquet of the american council of the blind here is a man from the washington dc area who's been active in the ACB for a long time, one of my good buddies. Will you please help me welcome Mr. Bud Keith.
2: Ladies and and gentlemen, I want to uh, thank um, Chris Gray and uh, Teddy Joy Remhild for letting us do one of these uh, award presentations a little bit differently. I feel privileged because I nominated the person who's going to receive the Durwood K. McDaniel Ambassador Award. When I first became blind at age 11, uh, my mother had heard about a, a young man who had uh, started to make a name for himself. And as I grew up, uh, this man was, was kind of a role model because in his early 20s, he had already established himself as a well-known name in the Washington, D.C. community. And uh, I hope you'll understand the confusion of someone who is 18 years old. But when I had to pick my career, I, this man was the only blind man that I knew who wasn't working in the blindness biz. And I kind of wanted to do something different. Well, I I followed his trail. I found I didn't have either the talent or the ambition to do what he did. But tonight I would like to now introduce his good friend who helped him get started. And, Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Mr. Weatherman, one of the nicest people in the United States, Willard Scott.
3: What a nice... Can you hear me? Thank you so much. You all are so sweet, and I'm delighted to be here. But somebody ate my chihuahua. Is anybody in the room here? One of your dogs ate Kiero Taco Bell. I wish you'd trying to find them before the evening over. I cannot tell you how lovely it is for me to be here representing Smuckers, because I see a couple of you in this room tonight that I think probably will be on my strawberry jar on the show in a couple of weeks. I'm supposed to be more serious, of course, because this is a serious award. But how do you... I mean, this is my friend, you know Eddie Walker. Let's hear from Uncle Eddie right here. Most of you don't know it, but Eddie is uh, commonly known as Junie. That was his mother's name for him, Junie. And his mother... You already Eddie? Can you handle that? I can handle it. There you go. His mother used to tell me that when he was listening to the radio, that he would pick up a bell and ring it when the National Barn Dance was on. And he was 27 years old then. And... But he knew what he actually. You were just a little baby, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, what did you say? What did they said in the National Barn Dance?
4: Well, what the, did they the say
3: something? I you got to talk right into it. Talk, talk right into
4: it. The first, uh, my mother said the first thing she put in my baby book was turn the radio on. I don't know what they said on the National Barn Dance, but I would sit in the rocking chair and ring that bell, and they'd applaud the old National Barn Dance with Joe Kelly.
3: So I mean, that's a long time ago. Most of you didn't
4: remember. That's before radio was invented. He.
3: That's right. <laughs> As of most of the people we know in broadcasting now are either in that big radio station in the sky or out of work, and I'm, I'm slowly w- one foot of me is in each of those careers at this point, but I really, gotta tell you, it followed suit that the first time I met this man, I was in just out of high school and I guess it was 1951, wasn't it? Yep. And. A friend of ours took me over to WAMU and radio. Eddie started that station. Eddie and Roger Gordon and Dave Taper, right? Right. Three guys. And I mention this because, see, Eddie then, and this is part of what this award's about, Eddie then was working basically in a sighted world. He was working at a radio station, and there was no other folks there that were not sighted, right? That's right. And the fact that there was a nude modeling school right next to the station (laughs) always made me wonder if Eddie really was blind.
4: I missed out an awful lot there. You know, these guys would tell me things, and, you know, the advantages of sight are pretty good sometimes.
3: You probably, you probably think this is a stupid ad-lib, but uh, this is all true stuff I'm giving you. But then, Eddie was on the air. To, where are you going? Somebody leaving? And she's leaving. She won her prize, and now she's leaving. Hey, listen, it gets better than this. We're a little hotter than that. Stick around, it'll be hotter than that. Anyway, Eddie was talking on the radio at the time, doing his little radio show, and Roger, my friend, said, Slip across the table and have a seat in a chair across the microphone. So the very first words that Eddie and I ever spoke were over a microphone. Uh, huh? That's true. That's true. I said that. You don't oh, have to do okay. it. I mean, that doesn't have a whole lot to have been hogging the
4: microphone for 50 years, yeah, you know? I gotta,
3: I'm supposed to present the award oh, if you were going to present me a award, you could hog the ball. But that was 1951. And the point of my boring story was this is 2003, and we are still together as a team. And I think that's pretty darn good. And, hello there. Everybody told me for years that Eddie's only handicap was working with me if he hadn't have done that he would have probably been a bigger star than he is now
4: I got my own mic now oh, so. God. there
3: goes my act I don't get to say anything anymore but we have had so much fun working as a team and most of you knew I hope that we were called the Joy Boys and we now I don't want to encourage anything but who would like to hear us sing the Joy yeah. Boys theme song do you remember that I don't, there will be a dry eye in the house yeah. after this, yeah. <clears throat> or maybe something else. Let's give us a chance. Shall we, ready? Right. One, two, two, three. We, we are the, the Joy boys, boys of radio. We chase electrons to and fro. We are the Joy Boys of radio. We chase electrons to and fro.
4: Thank you. <laughs> and we have a website. By the way, I want to tell you about, we had a plug-in for our Joy Boys website, which is very accessible with uh, talking screen readers. But you've got to put the ahead of Joy Boys. It's thejoyboys.com. If you don't put the in it, it's a pornographic site. I just <laughs> <that something. laughs>
3: And I've got to admit, it's a lot more entertaining than yeah. the Joy Boys. So. But over the years, the interesting thing to me was, that Eddie and I, as a team in Washington at WRC, had the most wonderful, loyal following. And Eddie, I was got, I may cry when I say this, but Eddie really did inspire all of us, including me. I learned humility with Eddie Walker, and I mean that, which prepared me for better, be, uh, better things than bigger. Some of them were better. Everywhere we went, nobody paid any attention to me. Eddie would walk in, Eddie, let me get you some roast beef. Eddie, let me get you a drink. Eddie, let me take your coat. I was still out in the car, and nobody said, Said a word. <laughs> but because of that, I learned to work with Brian Gumble and survive four years. In th- <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> no, but the, the truth is, it really was a wonderful experience for him, of course, to work. At a broadcasting station where nobody else was blind, he was the only person, and all of the people at that station. My point of this boring story is, it's a two-way street, and I don't want any blind person to ever think for one second that they couldn't be qualified or couldn't do anything that they wanted to do because of this. Yeah, sorry, let's hear it now. Yeah, right. Now, oh, 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 that—that's known a little bit as sucking up to you people. I know that when I say that. <laughs> Hey, you like that, baby. <laughs> no, but the truth is, it is a two-way street. And everybody learns and everybody benefits. And I think you're living proof of that after what? I don't want to tell them how old you are, but it's been a long time, as we say. Yeah. Long of tooth. Many moon come over, Choctaw, when great waters That's march. That's right, Chief. Yeah. Right. He's gone from Pampers to Depends. I'll tell you that. Since I'm <laughs> <laughs> and the just, the cycle worked. is complete. Shut then. up. Let me do it oh. again. Anytime he sneezes when he's around you, get out of the way. I do it. <laughs> all right. Is that okay? Are we all right? Bud, all right. bud shut up. I haven't <laughs> finished yet. I'm going to read the award. I don't care whether you're a award. It's a, a long award. award. I'm holding it. You know, the awful thing is, all these years, I've never learned Braille. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> so, one of these days. Yeah, all right. Now, I'm going to read Let me read it first, all right? Okay. Says the, I'll read the Braille here. For you. They won't know the difference. They won't because, know the difference. Because it's written on Friday. Can I do this all right? Okay, this left to right, is not it? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the American Council of the Blind Derwood K. McDaniel Ambassador Award is presented to Eddie Walker, who, by his life work, association, and activities, has promoted integration into and interaction with the life of the community. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, July the 11th, 2003. We salute you, Ed Walker. You're my friend, and I love you. I You too. <laughs>
4: Thank
2: you. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you all very much.
3: Huh? He's talking into it. You want the microphone? Switch mic. You want to switch mics, the microphone? There you go. You want us to sit down? Yeah. I want to accept the award.
2: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I think every one of us could use a friend like Willard. Thank you. Um, That's right. I just like to say
4: I want to accept this with great humility. I knew Durward McDaniel. I know what he stood for. I know his dedication to the American Council of the Blind and uh, what he thought about equality for blind people in industry. And I can't think of anybody that I'd rather have than Willard present it to me. And I'm very serious now. I love this guy. He's like a brother to me. And we have worked together for 50 years through thick and thin and thick.
3: (laughs) I love it. It's so beautiful. Here's your watch back. I couldn't do this.
4: (laughs) But I must say that there are people in this room who are as talented or probably more talented than I, but uh, I was fortunate enough to have breaks from people like Willard. Uh, No man is an island. You don't do it by yourself. It's people having faith in you. And trust and uh, helping you along, and that's the kind of guy Willard has been, and uh, we've had a wonderful ride together, and uh, I hope it continues for a long time. Uh, thank you again very much.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. and the only technology that Ed took with him into school was a slate a stylus and a white cane um, we have we have one little addition um, the public relations committee has been working for a long time on putting together some high-class uh... public service announcements and uh, just this year willard offered to do some psa's for us and i And if, if I, if the miracle of our, of our usual technology works, I think we can play one for you just now.
3: Hey, this is Willard Scott for the American Council of the Blind. When you were a kid, did you ever sort of scrunch up your eyes and pretend to be blind? Well, I did. Knocked over my mom's Boston fern. But for 9 million Americans, being blind is not pretend at all. If you've got low vision or know someone who's blind, call the American Council of the Blind in Washington, D.C. and get answers about living with low vision and blindness. Call the American Council of the Blind, toll-free 1-800-424-8666. Or visit the website, www.acb.org. <laughs>
2: Okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That's the presentation.
1: I want to tell you, it really is a great night for me because I got the chance to meet a man that I admired for a long time. In fact, he probably doesn't remember this, but when I was a... uh, a junior at Overbrook, the School for the Blind, I came to Washington, and uh, Willard and uh, Ed were doing the show over at WRC, and I went in there to watch them do that show for a while. And Ed, I think you just had a—didn't um, you have some sort of Braille clock or something? Oh, yeah. uh, what, what, what was it when you did that show? How many different kinds of things did you have in the studio? That actually helped you do the thing. How many things did you do? Did you uh, braille carts? Willard for
4: one. Now we had a board operator. We didn't have engineers. That's what I remember. Yeah, right. We had a board operator, and we had a sound effects door. We had a door made, which was sort of a punctuation mark on radio when characters would come in and leave, and a song, Mr. Scott. Boom, the door would close, and and I had the braille clock.
1: That's what, I, that's what I remember. I, I took that out. Besides the way you used to do things, I had that memory of, from when I was at Overbook and came to see Lord, you do it. Uh, didn't like the fact that I had the
4: lamp on my side of the table. <laughs> Tell that. <laughs> he worked with me. It
3: was funny because it, normally the disc jockey would sit at the head of the table, and he had this wonderful lamp so he could read all the copy and see everything. And Eddie sat there and controlled the show because he and the engineer did that, uh, you know, basically together. Better. You know, can't have three cooks. Spoiler broad. But I'm sitting at the other end of the desk, and I'm the one that sees. I didn't have a lamp to read the copy. I didn't have any light. So basically, I did the show in the dark for 30 years, and it ran on RC. I think if we'd had light, we might still be on the air.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's, it is really amazing. A lot of the thing, I know you work with scripts a lot. You did some things that scripts. But there, there were times when you really just sort of did a lot of ad-libbing, too, weren't there?
3: Oh, absolutely. The show, 90% was, you know, was ad lib. We had a thing called, As the Worm Turns, which was a soap opera. Remember that? Yeah. Can, can you remember any of it and do a couple of it, lines from it? it? It was brought to you by... Scuff. Scuff No More. Scuff No More, which took care of childbirth, anything that was a problem. And the point is, we would take one word, like bedpan, and we used that for the whole week. And the whole idea was bedpan, room 12, bedpan, room 13. And every day people thought somebody needed a bedpan in room to Right?
4: That's right.
3: And the punchline was, "Hello, I'm Doctor Ernst Bedpan. Somebody's
1: paging me. What is it?" <laughs> there was a doctor bedpan. Oh, there. I was like that all the time on the radio. Can you imagine that happening every day? For how many years?
4: A long time. Almost do- twenty. That's why they put us on at night so the management wouldn't have to listen. Yeah, that's <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Well, listen, we want to thank you, Willard, for coming out to Pittsburgh today. And, Ed, congratulations to you in memory of a wonderful man, Derwood McDaniel. And it's really a pleasure to be with you again. And thank you, Willard. One more quick thing was Eddie's father. Oh, I will weep about this.
3: His father was the most loyal, wonderful man. He drove Eddie down to that station and took care of him, and he was just God love him. I'll never forget the dedication and love of of Ed's dad to helping Ed's career at WRC. And I know you uh, will concur.
4: I have been so blessed with first my parents and then with Willard and then a wife and kids that understood what I was doing all my life. I thank the good Lord, for all of his blessings.
0: Thank
3: you. you
0: Special thanks go to Chris Gray, Roger Peterson, and Larry Turnbull for their help in the retrieval of this audio from the ACB Convention Archives. Terry Pacheco, who was on the national office staff of ACB at the time of the presentation, recalled working with Willard Scott and his New York office to arrange for Mr. Scott to present the award while trying to keep the whole thing a secret from Ed Walker. She recalled, this was especially difficult because Ed was Willard's scheduler. Somehow, Willard got Ed to Pittsburgh with no prior knowledge on Ed's part of why either of them were really there, she said. Ed Walker exemplified the concept of blindness being secondary to a person's success in the global community, a key criteria when considering a candidate for the Durward K. McDaniel Ambassador Award. For more information about the awards offered by the American Council of the Blind, visit www.acb.org. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on Radio Information Services Nationwide, on Side 4 of the Braille Forum Cassette Edition, and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.